forgot that I had to do a podcast this week. I'm just getting back into the groove, so bear with me. But it is released on time. And this week's episode is going to be more freewheeling. Uh, I want to talk a bit about this odd effect that I'm getting on the vocals right now uh, that in my headphones sounds like uh, crackling, like we're not getting any mid-tone. So I'm going to have to adjust this and make sure that we have it set properly, This the, the Rodecaster Pro, that we're getting all... Oh, you know what it could be? I have a cold. <laughs> I'm just getting over a cold, so maybe that's it. But this is Unwired. Welcome to Unwired. Thank you for joining us for another, another episode of Unwired as we revamp everything. And we will be getting some guests on uh, very soon, as soon as we get them scheduled. We'll have some guests on, and we will sort of expand the show, Get talk about some different topics, not just equipment, but really about processes, audiovisual processes, and a couple of different um, things within the audiovisual world, which, as I mentioned many moons ago, is really collaborating with the uh, networking world. So everything you're getting these days is networkable. Uh, I was just working on some Dante um, devices, uh, quite a few Dante devices anyway, and getting them set up and going through the process of getting them IP'd and uh, connected to the main network. Um, Dante is a wonderful tool. I encourage anyone who's in the AV world, especially doing audio, to look into Dante certification. It, it, it'll open up your world to something that's very crucial now, something that's developing and being pushed out to a lot of different um, um, companies, a lot of different products, is being able to map your devices using the network. Um, there, there are other t technologies out there, AVB, um, uh, CobraNet. There's there've been other products, but Dante is so readily available and so easy to use. Not cheap, but it is very easy to use. Very easy to map um, your devices out. It has you have you can get software based drivers as well as hardware based equipment. And uh, I even bought some um, patching equipment so that I can set up analog devices and use them as digital devices. Um, got those directly from Audinate, who's the maker of Dante. Um, another Now, Dante is supposed to be incorporating video coming up real soon. I haven't seen it in action. I saw the announcement at NAB, but I haven't seen the video portion in action yet and how that routing will work, um, how, what bandwidth you need for that. Uh, that's going to be crucial. Now, if you don't understand some of these higher-level terms, bandwidth, um, uh, networking, all that stuff, uh, I would suggest, as I said before, look into the Dante courses. They're free. They're online. Levels 1 and 2 are online at the Audinate site, A-U-D-I-N-A-T-E, I believe. It's Audinate. And check them out. Uh, no, I'm not paid by Audinate. Um, I've met them, the really nice people. I even met the gentleman who developed the uh, Dante controller, the free um, mapping software. And I talked to him about some changes that need... It's using a matrix style. So 
you it looks like a big spreadsheet basically you have your transmitters on the top row and your uh, receivers on the side column and then you could get to determine which receiver which transmitter gets sent to what receiver okay now that's decent for a smaller network when you start to deal with some really large layouts you can get lost in the the matrix style now ordinate has another product called uh, network manager let me look that up uh, i believe it's uh, domain manager that's what it is dante domain manager and it's supposed to be much much better at really large scale deployments and how you map things but it comes at a price. Um, let's see if they even say on their website what the price is. Get Dante Domain Manager. It looks like you have to go through a reseller. Let me give you some words of advice. Whenever you go to a technology site, website, whether it's hardware or software, and they specifically point you to a reseller to get your product, it means two things. It means you're going to get your support directly through them, and it also means it ain't going to be cheap. Sorry, that's just the way it is. So understand that while you can get um, Dante Controller for free, Domain Manager comes at a cost. It might well be worth it depending on the size of your environment. Um, I know that at our uh, church we have about 60 inputs that we use on a regular basis and mapping those 60 inputs to a virtual recording device uh, is not the easiest thing in the world it does take some time so just keep that in mind um so that's my plug for dante i really support their hardware uh, implementation their audio uh, mapping on the video side, as I mentioned also before with my recent connection to uh, PTC Optics cameras and using NDI with the Nutex switcher or TriCaster, how much I enjoy using NDI and how really cool it is. Um, NDI has been incorporated into a lot of different products such as Wirecast, vMix, um, and these are video switching programs. Um, and... Then the fact that they're incorporating... Oh, look, my brother's calling me. Let's see if we can get him on the phone. This is an aside. Hello? Hey. Believe it or not, you're actually, you're actually interrupting my podcast. I'm recording my podcast, and... <laughs> I decided to just uh, plug you right in. This is this is how cool the Bluetooth works. I didn't have to do. It. I set up the phone with Bluetooth a while ago. Oh, now I have background noise. I set up Bluetooth a while ago. You call. I just pick up the phone, turn it on, and then you're part of the podcast. So welcome. Okay. Thank well, you. Well, we were just talking about technology that you don't care too much about: um, uh, audio and visual routing across the network. But you know what? Since I have you on, before I ask you why you called, let's talk about networks just for a few minutes. Um, with all the... Is there a reason to move to 10G right now? Would you say for... Now, we're not typical users. 
we've been working with network, you more than me, but I've been dealing with networks now over 20 years. And you've been, it's like 25, 26, almost 30 years, right? Correct. Okay. So I remember the big jump when we moved from 100, the fast Ethernet, 100 megabits uh, to gig networks, right? I mean, it was a, it was a huge right. leap. And um, what was the reason why? What made us make that leap? Bandwidth changes always are driven by data changes. So we started, you know, everything was text-based for a while. And then we started to do WYSIWYG and add pictures and so forth. And so when you have two or three people working on that, um, at the same time, that starts to congest uh, the network. So we moved to to greater uh, speeds in order to take care of that. Also, covering more people in an area, right? That's the, that's the second half uh, of it. Good point. Um, right. If you have an office, because in the beginning, uh, you'd have to you would have to put a switch on every floor of your building. Right. Right, and you have thirty or something people over there. So you have thirty people contending with ten megs, and then later it was a hundred meg. Um, but then all of that traffic has to get down to the central core because the services that they're using may not be on that floor, and so larger and larger bandwidth needed to be brought into the picture. All right. So now, I know in my world, the move to ten gig has all been about video storage because. Once we moved from SD to HD, I remember having to build a whole new computer for HD, having to deal with HD because the, the file size was so much huger. And right. when we moved to 4K, which was a much faster move, um, yeah, whole new machine, whole new storage. In fact, I've been over the past year, I have about tripled the storage I need because of 4K and the fact I don't delete anything. So now... There's a push to 8K, which I think is going to be implemented a lot slower than 4K for a number of reasons. Uh, number one being the file storage is massive. The, you, you would have to, even though I've tripled in the past couple of years, I would have to triple that or even quadruple that within the next year to be able to handle 8K storage of any um, case. But a lot of people ahead of that are moving to 10 gig, despite the cost difference it is. Now... Leaving video aside, taking video completely out of it, what reasons does the rest of the industry have? Because audio doesn't is not going to have to do with file sizes. With audio, haven't changed at all um, in a number of years. Yeah, there's, there's been better. There's been even better compression with exactly. audio. Exactly. Um, right. So there's been some refinement there. But you have to remember, you're speaking primarily from a video production standpoint, but there's still a bunch of other people who are video consumers. And so there's, there's a bandwidth concern for them too. Um, the other data set, so big data, that's a trend of the past five, six, seven years that it, that has a bearing on, on uh, storage requirement. Uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, all of those things require larger data sets. To virtual, process. virtual reality, um, even though it's something I don't touch, it's still important to a certain segment. Yeah, virtual reality, and and you know, we're, so we're talking about some of the things that are kind of edge cases. But again, 
there are a lot of consumers of those things who may not care about those things specifically. Um, and so the consumers need that, the data that comes from that. But let's even talk about things more practically. Um, virtualization. So as much as there's cloud on the outside, people are still doing uh, <coughs> virtualization on the inside or, or hybrid cloud. And if you're going to do that and allow people to access large data sets, um, large volume, you've got to have, you've got to be able to get that to them quickly or it's going to be kind of painful for them. Um, and then again, what we said earlier, the number of, in the, the density, right? So the, the consumer density. So before it was, hey, how many people on your floor? How many floors in the building going down the core switch? Now it's how many devices in this area need data? Oh, right. Man. So it doesn't help if you make wireless do multi gigabits and then and then you leave everyone with one gig right. on the on the you know on the switch and one gig to the next floor or whatever, the next the next uh switch. Yeah, this is one of right? those because the back plane on a switch is gonna be pretty good. Right. But. This is one of those instances I realize where um now, we started before it was BYOB. There was a lot more control we had as administrators over what devices got connected. But as soon as, I mean, I remember when BlackBerry was king, all you had to worry about was your mm -hmm. BlackBerry server, your Exchange server, that's it. You you came to work, you were handed a BlackBerry, that's it. And then once CEOs mm -hmm. and VPs started to get their hands on I, um, iPhones and say, hey, Make this work on our network. It wasn't, it wasn't a, can you, can this work with our network? This is, I've bought this new fancy phone that I like. Make it work on our network. And that opened up the floodgates. It was even funnier than that sometimes. Mm. How because sometimes they would say, hey, I can't get my mail from this. And you're like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it wasn't even the command, the directive. It was the implicit, hey, I bought this thing on this network. What's wrong with our network? And no, no, no. You, you, you bought a weird device. There's nothing wrong with our network. Yeah. And so they incorporated BYOB, which opened up the floodgates to more equipment. Yeah, I hadn't, um, I hadn't looked into that, or I hadn't uh, thought about that aspect of there's many more devices on the network than there used to be. Even in my own home now, you know, I had blocks of IP addressing. I'm saying, okay, these are the blocks I need. But when you start to add um, security cameras, you start to add, uh, different devices. Now every device you buy has, needs an IP address so that it can get out to the internet. Um, we're going to have to At do a, one. yeah, we're going to, one, we're going to have to do a show specifically about security that is coming up okay. and, and we're going to set aside 20, 30 minutes for that because of all this BYOB and security, um, that there's so many, Families, they're just buying things, putting them on their network, and not really thinking about it. And the manufacturers, in an effort to dumb down the systems, I'm not going to mention any companies by name, Netgear, but the in an effort to dumb down the system to make it really easy for people to use, they're hiding so much of the security parts that it's more difficult for people to set up their system with good security. That's what I'm saying. But like I said, we'll, we'll save that for another show. Um, and then I'll ask, Hey, so why did you call now that we've talked about the 10 gig? I'm not finished with it. I have to come back to 10 gig, but what, what made you call? Today? 
it was a question about uh, your the broadcast work yesterday and how that went in light of who wouldn't be present. Um, so that was what I was going to ask. Wouldn't be present? Yeah, you said that uh, a, a particular... That the president wasn't going to be available. Oh no, that was wondering last how week. that was going to go on. That, that was, was yeah, that was oh, okay. actually I said two the weeks week before. Ago. Yeah, um, right. So as a backdrop, we I work on a, um, a Christian based uh, broadcast state. I work with them as a contractor sometimes, and so we do a lot of different shows. And on this show, the person who had been doing the show for it's got to be ten, twelve years now. He's always done the shows. Now, sometimes he'll have a, a, a guest do it, but he's still on the show. And this is one of the first times that I can recall where he wasn't even there. He had to go overseas. And so the student teachers were the ones teaching the whole lesson. Um, I, I can say we had one guy that was so nervous. You can see his leg shaking. Uh, but it's not easy. It's not easy. If you If you understood how good that the main host did it, where he can get everything down to the last second. He knows how to stretch, when to pull, how to, you know, he's been doing it so long. He can get everything down to the second. And, you know, in broadcast, you do everything by the second. And so he was really good at that. And, you know, the truth is they did a good job. One of them restarted okay. the show once, and they had to caution him, uh, you, don't really, you don't really restart the show. If you mess up, the, the, the director will restart the show. But, you know... Okay. The the fact that we're human sometimes when you fumble over a word and, you know, uh, there are often times mm-hmm. where they're reading things and like names in the Bible. <laughs> when you start reading some of those names <laughs> in the Bible, you're going to fumble some of those places you're going to fumble. But you don't, you know, oh, no, stop. Oh, I'm sorry. I messed up. No, 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 no. This is a show straight mm-hmm. to tape. We're recording straight to tape. And you don't want the editor to have to go back and cut pieces. It makes things too jarring. So. It went well, right. I will say. Yesterday he was back, and we went okay. through the four shows. We had some technical problems in the beginning. Uh, some of the equipment just didn't want to work properly. And this is why we always try to get to the show an hour before the show is actually to start taping. So if you find a problem, you can eliminate it uh, immediately. But, yeah, it went well. Thanks for asking. Okay. <laughs> so... I'm at actually at my 18 minute mark. I'm going to come back to the um the 10G. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is um we invested heavily in Synology products. I actually have three mm-hmm. three different Synology uh products, um uh, storage NAS devices. And after working with a client recently where they put all of their video on a NAS device using 10 gig, I started to look into putting my video storage on the NAS. Uh, I have it on a RAID drive, uh, three, 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 three terabyte drives in my machine. Um, and I'm trying to get it off of that one machine. So if the machine is off, I can access it with other machines, access the, the data. But I'm considering moving to 10 gig, and I know it would be a big move. For one, I would have to change some of the cabling from 5E to 6. Uh, that's not a huge deal. But then I also have to buy a 10 gig card and get a 10 gig switch and make sure, uh, and get 10 gig, get 10 gig card for the storage array and 10 gig card for the video editing machine. So we're looking at a. Well, you, want the, you want it both sides? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At least for the video okay. machine. The other machines, maybe not so much. 
but it's definitely for the video machine. Mm-hmm. So the question is, if that, that's about a $600 investment. Would I see huge gains? I mean, I don't, I don't worry so much about the rendering and stuff right now, whether it takes a long time, but would I see huge gains if I moved uh, from the one gig network I have to a 10 gig network and invest that six, $700? So that's a good question. And here's what, here's the typical gain you get whenever you increase the bandwidth like that. Okay. Right now you have X number of systems going on one at one gigabit. Are you trunking the existing port or uh, just one gigabit? One gigabit straight. It's trunked. Okay. I think so I'm also trunked it in the switch. Too. Right. Okay. So, so you have a two gigabit pipe and you're connecting to it at one gigabit, multiple devices. You know, if only one device is going to it, that device is going to get it at its max capacity, right? With a two gigabit pipe, you would essentially be able to support two people straining themselves to get data consistently, assuming that, you know, storage and everything else is fast enough, which typically it is because things are cached, and for the work you're doing, it's sequential data. And so it's not a lot about a bunch of random access. It's, you know, here's this file. Start giving me the rest of the file, please. Um, so normally you'd be able to support two people at max usage, pulling down a big file at the same time without conflict. Okay. You move that to 10 gigabit. Right. You move that to 10 gigabit and you can support most of your regular users. Right. Most of your regular users will be coming at this thing. Um, and they can, and now up to 10 of them can pull at max capacity without interfering with each other. Again, assuming caching and some other things help you there and you don't lose anything. Right. And we're going to assume for the sake of argument that you can get 80% of the throughput. Um, you know, that you're not going to get a full gig, although we're, we're really close to that. But let's just say you get 900. Um, megabit per second overall, right? Um, so now you, you get your, you put this thing on 10G. Um, I can't remember whether they have one or two ports. I don't know if they allow trunking on the 10G yet. Um, you can get cards you, with two ports on If them. you can. Hmm? You can get Intel cards with two ports on them. No, no, but I was thinking about the Synology because it really doesn't matter what you do on the server side. Oh, it does. What's important, what's more important is the Synology. So assuming that the Synology can trunk, you'd be able to do 20 megabits on that side. Your switches back plane would be fine. All of your regular guys coming in at their one gigabit are going to be able to pull with no question. And you could have one or two 10 gigabit guys pulling. You only intend to have one pulling at pretty much max capacity and everybody would be getting the throughput that they want from that that would greatly you you have no idea how much contention there is in the back end for pulling data um and again in in your model it's largely you know sequential data access um with uh with jumbo frames so you're just pulling down one hey grab this file uh let me take it for this amount of time or let me write this file let me write this whole sequential thing out there so there are advantages random access it would get a little hairier because then you'd need the sand to have good caching. 
and some other stuff to, to compensate for random people picking random things repeatedly. But for, for database access, for video streaming, for um, saving and co- content creation and content consumption of large files, that would be, you would see a benefit. Uh, and the benefit would be on the order of 8 to 10x for, uh, you know, another device with 10G and probably 2x for every other device without it because they wouldn't have contention with their peers. Wow. So Synology does make a dual port 10 gig card, and it says here it can support up to 20 gigabits total data rate. So I guess you can trunk it. There you go. That's amazing. There you go. Yeah, that would be awesome because definitely with only one machine, one other machine doing 10G, the rest of that pipe is available for the rest of the people to pull their stuff without interrupting the content creation machine. Wow. Huh. So it's something to think about. Anyway, I think we've lost um, more of our <laughs> more of our uh, uh, audience who may not know the high level tech. But you know, we we're gonna go back and forth between these kind of shows, whether we are dealing with high level tech or some lower level things. Now, when we start talking about security in our systems and how security for the home, especially. I know we'll get a lot more. We'll be able to talk on a different level and talk right to the problems that, that many families are having, especially when we talk about um, perhaps securing our children or uh, from certain data, how to, to lock down devices. Well, we want to thank you guys for listening in. This has been uh, another episode of Unwired. Uh, and we thank Andrew for coming in at the last minute and being able to. We were just talking about getting in some callers. So thanks for calling in and making that come to pass. Uh, once again, you can catch us on unwiredthepodcast.com. You can catch us on, we're on Instagram, Unwired the Podcast, Facebook, Unwired the Podcast. And we're going to get back on social media in a big way. Andrew, don't forget, what's the name of your website? Brainwave Consulting. It's brainwavecc.com. All right. Thanks. Write to us. Let us know what you think. Bye.